Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller. And my guest today is, I'll go ahead and give you the name, Pravda Sikorsky. There are big things happening at Emory & Henry with legends of the arts of the college. And we're talking to Pravda Sikorsky, who is the daughter of parents who are, believe me, legends, as is Pravda. So, Pravda Sikorsky, let me get you in on the conversation as quickly as possible. Welcome to this conversation. Oh, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be part of this. There are big things happening, as I said, and what that is is a big gala and tribute to Legends of the Arts at Emory & Henry. It's happening on April the 8th. Big names, Blazy, Chavatel, Davis, Pickrell, and Sikorsky. People decided that these arts legends should be honored, and you are here to tell the story of your parents. Ludwig and Alice Sikorsky. Here we go. So, Pravda, were you in the picture when your parents came to Emory and Henry, or did you come along after they were here? No, no. I was about six years old when we moved here in 1950. So you remember the move. What did you think when you came here? Can you remember? The, uh, it just was a, a long trip. Uh, the moving van, there was a big Mayflower van, I remember. It got here before we did. And when we did arrive, there was a mother and her teenage daughter sitting on the steps of the house waiting for us to arrive. They knew we were coming, and they very much wanted the daughter to study piano with Alice. They had heard, you know, about what was coming, and they wanted her to study. And my mother came here with the idea of, oh, I'm not going to do anything. I've done so much, you know, in Connecticut. I'm just going to take it easy. And she wasn't going to have any students. And uh, it was Jane Reynolds was the student, and she and her mother, and they kept pushing and insisting uh, that they, you know, so much wanted lessons. And I think, and then my mother heard Jane play, and that did it. She couldn't resist uh, because Jane was very talented, very gifted. And so she was my mother's first student. But it was Ludwig, your father, who was hired to teach at Emory & Henry, yes? Yes. Yes. Uh, The man who was president at that time, Dr. Gibson, had written Ludwig, and Ludwig didn't pay any attention to the letters at first. He thought it was a joke because this, you know, Emory and Henry Ware, you know, doesn't (laughs) sound like it's real. He thought some of his students, uh, because he was teaching at UConn, commuting from New Haven, doing that, and then would come back and play in the New Haven Symphony and other jobs and stuff in the evening. So he was very tired and exhausted and was looking for a way to get some rest. And Watson started calling on the telephone uh, and convinced Ludwig to come down here to look over the school. And so he did, and he liked what he saw, and so we moved here. 
just like a lot of people, uh, Pravda, your parents, it took them a while to realize that Emory is the center of the universe. But luckily they found that they had been at Yale and might have thought that was the center of the universe, but how wrong they were. Uh-huh. So your parents met at Yale. Tell us yes. your tell us the ancestry of both of your parents and what they did when they were at Yale. Well, my father's family is Polish. His parents had come here from Poland uh, to get away from one of the many times Russia killing off everybody. Uh, and my mother's parents came from Armenia to get away from the Turks who were killing everybody at that time, early 1900s. And so they both, both sides of the family came here, you know, escaping with their lives and just the clothes on their back to have a life in this country. Uh, and You know, that's a, quite an accomplishment to come here as basically escaping war, escaping murder, come to the United States to look for a better life. But they just didn't find a good life. I mean, they rose to the top ranks of achievement. They had to... Uh, to struggle, you know, to, to make a go of it. Uh, I think my father started studying with an uncle who was already here in this country, uh, who was a violinist. And so he studied with him, and be he was so talented, the uncle uh, got him into playing in the New Haven Symphony Orchestra, and got him to Yale. And I think my mother's family, I believe it might have been a next-door neighbor, who convinced uh, the, the parents that Alice should go to music school, that she was very talented, because they, uh, the family, the father was a, an importer and rug merchant, and so had monies, and so he provided uh, piano lessons, art lessons, dance lessons, things like this for my mother and her sister. And my mother evidently was so talented, the neighbor convinced them that she should go to Yale Music School. And so she did, and that's where she and Ludwig met. What an amazing story that in each case, of course, in one case it was a family member, an uncle with Ludwig, but with your mother, a neighbor, that in both cases their talent was just so obvious and somebody stepped in to help. And to, to uh, convince the families that, that it was very important, not just, oh, isn't that nice, they play, you know, for fun, but that they should really pursue it. Especially in those days, I would think for a female to, you know, to be encouraged to do something professionally, uh, because in back in, you know, around 1930, uh, women had just gotten the right to vote, you know, a few years before to be considered more than just to stay in the kitchen and bake bread. I'm just kind of taking a moment here, this idea that from a pathway back to Armenia on your mother's side and back to Poland on your dad's side, that those two people 
both found their way to the United States and into the music school at Yale, and that's where they met. Did you ever hear a, a story of how they met, how they fell in love? Oh, I think they just had classes together. My mother spoke once that she thought that she had seen Ludwig first as a child, when she was a child, that she remembered because evidently he spoke of coming into, because they lived out in the country in New Haven, and he spoke of coming into town, riding a horse, coming in with his uncle, and he was dressed in a very nice suit. His mother had made a velvet suit, you know, for dress occasions to go in. And my mother said she remembered seeing this very handsome young man <laughs> coming in, you know, riding the horse, which was so elegant. Uh, and she remembered that. She spoke about that. I think they just met in classes at Yale. And uh, my father said that he went home and told his mother, I've met the girl I'm going to marry. And his mother said, oh, that's very nice. She was very calm and, you know, didn't get excited. And... Uh, and said, what is her name? You know, what does she do and stuff? And he says, I don't know. I, I don't know anything. I think she might be Turkish, which <laughs> was one of the worst things you could say to a Pole at that uh -huh. time, because Turkey was not exactly friendly either. Uh, and so he said, but Alice laughed and said, but his mother was so calm and just didn't just said, oh, that's very interesting, and just, you know, went on with her work, uh, probably holding her breath and hoping that Alice wasn't Turkish. <laughs> well, and this story gets more and more interesting. So they had seen each other, they caught each other's attention, and Ludwig didn't realize that Alice was also a musician in those early times. Oh, uh, no, not not way, way back. But, I, of course, once they got into music school and stuff, then they're all playing and studying and doing stuff. And stuff. Yeah. Well, and, again, I mean, this story is just so amazing. I'm glad we're getting a chance to talk to you today. Let me remind people that I'm talking to Pravda Sikorsky. She's the daughter of Alice and Ludwig Sikorsky, who were two legendary music professors at Emory and Henry and started the music program here so many years ago and had such great achievements. And they are being honored on April the 8th at the McLaughlin Center of the Arts, along with other legends of the arts. This event is a fundraiser and people who are listening would be most welcome to come and it's gonna be an incredible program. The program is $30 and starts at around seven o'clock. The gala for people who want to contribute a little bit more. And there's a VIP reception uh, that will uh, will start at, oh, I think I said that wrong. The, the uh, reception starts at 6 and the program starts at 7. So there's a VIP reception, $100, 
and the program $30. And people can call the college and ask to be connected to the McLaughlin Center of the Arts if they're interested in coming. So we want a good audience because there's going to be a fabulous performer. And now we're going to turn just a little bit to Pravda's history because on April the 8th, what is it that you're going to be doing, Pravda Sikorsky? Well, uh, they've asked me to participate, to play. Uh, they wanted me to play uh, some something solo piano during the tribute to my mother, and then I will play with a violinist. We will be playing uh, during the, the tribute to my father. Pravda, let's just talk about you. You're not just some ordinary descendant of musicians. You are a musical performer and great achiever in your own right. Tell us about growing up in that household and how you developed your skill and what you went on to do. Uh, it, it was a fascinating time. Uh, my father used to play games with me in the kitchen, I remember, which, of course, I thought every child did. How did I know? He would sit and do rhythms, you know, tapping out rhythms uh, and doing things like two against three, one hand doing two, the other hand doing three, and then you'd switch hands. And so we used to play games like that, uh, which I thought were games. Uh, they were, but they were also developing skills. And, of course, he did a lot of practicing at home. Uh, I heard so many of the, the studies that he would practice, and I heard them so much, I thought they were actual pieces that you perform. They're not, you know, you don't perform these studies generally. But I heard them so much that I thought they were. I thought they were very beautiful pieces uh, and didn't know until I was grown up that they were actually Kreutzer studies, that all violinists study, but you don't go and play them, you know, on a concert program. Uh, my mother and I would... Uh, practice together sometimes. She'd pull out the book of Hannon, which is a, a standard, you could say, Bible of piano studies, and we would sit and play through the first dozen or so exercises uh, at the piano, uh, playing, uh, you could say, four hands. You know, she's playing the lower part of the keyboard, I'm playing the upper part, and we would just go through them. And, in fact, that's part of what I'm practicing right now. And I laughed and said, yes, I'm bonding with my mother every time I sit and play these exercises because they are so helpful. Uh, but to me, I, I love them, I guess, because of the association with my mother. Uh, we had students over in the kitchen, which was the heart of the house, uh, all the time. Uh, and then we'd go to rehearsals uh, and come back. You know, and students sometimes would come with us. Uh, the boys, the girls usually had to be in the dorm, but some of the young men could come. Uh, and on weekends, uh, we would take them. We'd go to concerts. We'd go to movies because there was 
nothing much here. There wasn't much television or anything at that time. Uh, and so it was just a very interesting, you know, life growing up in that house. So you were just in an environment of music. I saw somewhere, now you cannot be modest here, Pravda. <laughs> I saw somewhere that you played some piece of music as just a very small child that sounded unbelievable. Yes. Well, evidently, the story goes, I don't remember this, of course, but we were living in New Haven. We had a big grand piano in the living room, and my mother taught students there, and I would hear all of this going on, and evidently, when I was about one and was walking around, I walked up to the piano and started playing uh, as if, you know, what I'm imitating what I was hearing. And my mother, being the teacher, thought, well, she's not just going to stand there and fool around. So she evidently came and showed me things, showed me chords, showed me how to do scales, you know, stuff that you start out with. And she had a student recital every spring, and so when I was about three, she evidently brought, which, and this went on through my life, where she would bring a piece of music and say, here, take a look at this, see what you think about it. And this happened to be the last movement of the Haydn Piano Concerto, and so I'm looking at it and playing it and you know, working on it. And one day she heard me practicing and thought it sounded different. She wasn't sure why and came in casually and said, well, you know, what, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm playing the, the Haydn. And she said, oh, but it sounds different. And I said, oh, I'm playing it in C. I got tired of playing it in the original key, D major. So um, I'm playing it in a different key. <laughs> and this is as a toddler you're doing yes, this. Like a, like a silly. And my mother said, oh, well, you know, you, you can't do that. You've got to, you know, play. So then when it came for the recital time, evidently we're walking out on stage, and she reminded me that the piece was in D major and said that I gave her a withering look and said, <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> and went out. Now, I, I don't remember playing so much, but I do remember because she told me that I did this after the recital, and I said, I remember that. There was a little stage wherever we were, whatever the building, a small stage that, you know, was not way high up, but was a raised platform. And evidently, I looked and thought that was so keen and neat that I jumped off the stage onto the floor after I finished <laughs> playing. So, 
I remember. Oh, my goodness. So normal kid, but also, can we say, child prodigy. Pravda, how far did your study of piano and your performing take you? I understand you've been right at the top of the performing world. Well, I I went to Florida State University. I left home at 15 because I really wanted to study and do things, and I there just wasn't enough challenge for me here uh, by then. And so I went down to Florida State and took the, the test and passed, you know, and to enter the university, and everything was all set, except that they thought I was too young, this, you know, back in 1959. Uh, and I was evidently heartbroken and crushed because I had gotten so excited about the possibility of going there to study piano with a man who was a classmate of my parents. And so I was very upset. My mother called Howard up and told him how disappointed I was that she's sitting in her room crying and, you know, is there anything... Is there some way, you know, something we can do? And bless him, he had two children, two boys, and they were expecting a third, and their house really wasn't big enough for me, too. But they moved their two boys, had them, they divided their bedroom into half, and the two boys slept in one half, and gave me the other half to come and stay with them and study with Howard and go to the university high school to finish high school. And that's what I did. And then when spring came for the spring semester, I'd had a birthday. And so the university said, oh, she's 16 now. She's old enough. Four months made such a difference. And uh, so I went and moved into the dorm at the university. And and studied piano, right? Yes, yes. And got my degree and went to London to study with Dame Myra Hess for a year. Went back to Florida State and got my master's. And then the dean of the college, then Dan Leidig, called me up and said, how would you like to come back to Emory and Henry? You've been away a long time. Uh, come back and teach. And I decided to do that and came back here to teach. Now, Pravda, but you also were practicing and performing all along, right? Yes. Okay, uh, I'm just going to tell you, I don't want to show my ignorance. No, no. But I, I thought that I heard that you performed at Carnegie Hall. Uh, yes. Uh, I, after I came back to Emory and Henry to teach, they started a new competition in Virginia called the Young Virginia Artist Competition and took place in Richmond, and I went and entered, and I wound up winning. And my prize was to perform with six Virginia orchestras during the next season, which I did, and that was a wonderful experience. And I wound up 
then performing several times with the Feldman Quartet. So I was doing lots of performing. Pravda, may I ask uh, you or make a comment that may sound offensive and way too personal? Oh, no. Go okay, ahead. I, hope you're, I hope you mean that. So I've been around Emory since 1985, and I don't know that I had ever met you until just like a month ago. Right. But I, this is what I thought I knew. This is what I heard. I knew you when I saw you. And I was always like, that's the piano player. That's the pianist. That's that woman who's so good at, at playing piano. And so, but here's another thing. You always have on gloves. I thought that that was to protect your hands. Well, it is. Yes. Uh, I have lots of allergies. I've always had, you know, sneezes and hay fever and you name it uh, most of my life. And while I was living up north, probably getting run down physically, I got what they call housewife's hands or butcher's hands, people who do stuff, either having their hands in meat or water or something all the time, getting infection, and the hands would, you know, swell, and oh, it was mess. I was sent to a dermatologist, and he did the usual cookie-cutter stuff dermatologists recommend. You wear plastic gloves when you wash your hair and, you know, every time you put your hands in water. And I tried all that, and I found it extremely annoying and inconvenient. So I finally, when we moved back here in 85, I found a band catalog that had been sent to my father, and it listed, you know, gloves for band people. And they were, you know, all cotton, just what I wanted. So, but since I've been wearing the gloves, and I wear them most of the time, I don't have trouble with my hands. Well, that's certainly a relief. But, yeah, to, in my mind, it was a concert pianist protecting her hands, yes. and it was also romantic. Uh-huh. Well, it does. Uh, people will probably wonder, because when I walk out, I'll be wearing the gloves to play. Yeah. So used to wearing the gloves that it actually feels strange when I don't have them on. Sorry to interrupt you, no, but we do want right. to remind people about the Legend of the Arts program at Emory & Henry in the Arts Center on April the 8th. $30 for the performance where the program's going to be incredible in honoring these legends of the arts, then a VIP reception. Uh, if anybody's interested in that, they can call the college and ask to be connected to the McLaughlin Center for the Arts. To conclude things, because time is up, Pravda, what did it mean to you? Were you surprised when people came to you to say, we want to honor your parents along with legends from theater and art and other areas, and to honor your parents for their role in music at Emory & Henry? I, I was very pleasantly surprised. And as anybody who knew my parents and the other faculty members and stuff, they said, it's about time. And I said, yes, isn't it? The, for those of us who remember these people, and for those who didn't know them, 
it's a, a good chance to find out about what went on back in the 50s and 60s. And to understand that the kind of activity you see around this beautiful art center right now had its humble beginnings, but boy, did it begin with some incredible people, yes. including Pravda Sikorsky's parents, Alice and Ludwig Sikorsky, to be honored on April the 8th at Emory and Henry College. Pravda, by being there, you're being honored too. I know that it's for your parents, but what a gift you are. Thank you so much for being with me today to talk about all this on this conversation. Well, thank you so much for asking me. I'm glad to be a part of this whole event. And I will be there watching you perform on April the 8th and hope some of our listeners may figure out a way to get there too. My guest today, Pravda Sikorsky. This is This Conversation. You can hear it Wednesdays at 6, Sundays at 2, here on 90.7. It streams live at wehcfm.com. This Conversation, thank you for listening.